You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. So happy to have you here as always. In this episode today, we're going to talk about something that's been super top of mind for me lately, as with all episodes that I do, and that is being hard on ourselves and how to practice more loving kindness towards ourselves and be a little bit more lighter and a little bit more gentle on ourselves. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to read you off a five-star review on Amazon for my book, P.S. You're a Genius, which is about how to discover your genius and the work that you were born to do. So this one is from Amanda, and the title is, You Are Ready and Kelly Track Will Prove It. Here's what she has to say. Kelly's wise and funny book has given me the confidence to finally start my own online business. She is honest with her readers about her own journey to entrepreneurial success. She offers fresh advice on how to battle the inner thoughts that may pop up when readers finally allow themselves to dream for the same kind of career fulfillment. I am recommending it to anyone who is ready for a final push to take the ultimate chance and bet on themselves. And one person has found this helpful on Amazon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda, for writing this in. If you want to grab a copy of P.S. You're a Genius, you can do so at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books. All right, let's get into today's episode. Now, this episode, I feel like is one of those life lessons that has taken me just eons to learn. And one of those things that I'm definitely still in the practice with. What is the right prop- preposition? still in the practice of or still in the practice with. Regardless, I'm practicing this. (laughs) Being kind to myself on the days when I don't feel like it. Now, this is kind of showcased in three sort of three examples. And I always take note of what comes up in threes in my life. And when I sort of see something three times or hear something three times, I kind of take it as a sign from the universe. So first and foremost, one of my friends, um, Samuel. Samuel and I go way back. We know each other from elementary school. I recently met up with him around the holiday season, around like Christmas time. And we were catching up and I hadn't seen this guy since literally like, I don't know, grade seven. And he was like, oh, I've been following you on Instagram. Congrats on your book. Um, He was telling me his life updates and I was telling him about mine. And um, he had been, you know, seeing all my success over the years. And he had paused me mid conversation when I was talking about my work and, uh, my life and things. And he said, can I give you some feedback? And I said, yes. Firstly, it's always lovely when people say, can I give you some feedback first? And he said, I really noticed that you're hard on yourself. And I kind of took that as a moment of awakening of like, oh, interesting. Like here is this person who I haven't touched base with for years. And, you know, somebody I know from childhood and, you know, we're acquaintances, but he doesn't see me on an everyday level, you know, and he's not in my life every single day. And if he is sensing that it's coming out through my speech and the words I use that I'm hard on myself, this must really be popping like it's ugly head up in my everyday life consistently. So that was a really big kind of sign one from the universe that I was being really hard on myself was talking to my friend Samuel. Uh, the second thing that I had heard was actually when my mom had read my book for the first time, she had said, your book really reminds me, she said, of Lizzie McGuire, of the little character, the cartoon character of Lizzie when she like self-narrates. She's like, you have a lot of like self-deprecation in your writing. 
I was so shocked. Never in a million years would I ever describe my writing as self-deprecating, but I'm like, if my mother thinks I am like putting myself down through my writing, I was like, what the heck? I was like, that's really something to take note of. And the third time this really came up was around two instances actually in my life, in my personal life. And I had taken full responsibility and blame for things that were totally not my fault, like hundred percent really out of my control and not my fault. And I would just be so hard on myself and go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, if I did this, then that wouldn't have happened. Or for example, the other day I made a mistake in my work and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And I just got so, so tough on myself for things that are a, not my fault or B a mistake or C a misunderstanding. Um, but I had just sort of noticed it through the sort of the, the threes, the three instances that my self-talk was so bad. Um, and you know, it's, it's always like you teach what you need to learn. And, you know, for years, my mindset was always so strong. And I, you know, I have my course, your best life, which is really about mastering your fear and doubt and worry and overcoming those things and really mastering your inner critic and your self-talk. And it's so true that we teach what we need to know, because one of the most common phrases I've noticed myself saying actually in the last several weeks is I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I mess up and I say, I'm so stupid. I do something wrong. I'm like, oh, I'm so dumb. Or I do something wrong and I'm just, I just get upset with myself. I'm like, Kelly Track, you're so fucking stupid, <laughs> which is so terrible when I say it out loud. But why I share this with you is perhaps because maybe you do this too in your life. Maybe you are really tough on yourself. You are your own worst critic. Like if you took these thoughts and you said to a friend, hey, I've been talking like this to myself, your best friends would be like, no, like we only see you in the eyes of love. Like you're totally not like that at all. You're amazing. You're special. You're awesome. Don't speak to yourself like that. So I'm going to share with you a couple of mindset reframes that I've been using in the present moment to be less hard on myself and share more compassion with myself. I think one of the biggest things I've been learning lately around self-talk and being more gentle on myself is actually feeling and embracing those compliments and kind words that come my way and trying to see in myself what other people see in me. Because when we are our hardest critics and we, when we are our sharpest on ourselves and we are so used to being just, you know, angry with ourselves and thinking that we're behind and thinking that we're messing it up and thinking that, you know, we're, we're screwing stuff up left, right, and center to really receive the words of praise can be so tough. So that would be sort of my first reflection to you if you feel like you are in this phase of life when you're just being really down on yourself. Do you see the goodness inside of your own heart? Do you see what's there? Do you witness your own worth? Can you see your own potential? So if you're in a phase of life when you're just being really hard on yourself, I would reflect this question back to you. Can you see the greatness inside of you that everybody else can see? Like, do you see that? Are you picking up what they're putting down? You know, my mentor, Christy Bartelt, who I've worked with for years now, she's listed at kellytrack.com slash tools. She does hypnosis work and uh, mentorship. And she had told me for years before I started writing my book in 2020, she's like, Kelly, you are like a unicorn wearing a ball cap. And she was like, it's like, of course you don't know that you're a unicorn because you're, you just think, you know, here I am, this regular person wearing a ball cap around town. But she's like, everybody else can see that you are, you know, a unicorn. Like, what the heck? Can't you see it? I had no idea what the hell she was talking about. It took me probably a year after she told me that for it to finally click of, oh, I think I am starting to see what other people see in me. 
right? So it really is all about listening to those kind words that you get and seeing yourself in that light and seeing yourself in that high regard that other people regard you in. One of my best friends, Marina, shout out to you, Marina, if you're listening, we have a standing call every Tuesday at 5.30 PM Pacific Standard Time. And she's told me so many times, Kelly, you are like a warm cup of hot chocolate on a cold day. And she's like the good kind of hot chocolate, like the good chocolate, you know, the ethically sourced cocoa and, you know, the amazing dairy-free milk. You know, it's not like you're making hot chocolate from a mix with water. You're like the quality vegan hot chocolate, right? (laughs) She's like, that's what you are like on a cold day. And I remember her and I talking about many a, many a breakup. And she, she has said this in particular to two folks of just like, if they literally can't see that you are the warm cup of hot chocolate, like leave. (laughs) And, um, it was one of that moment. It was one of those moments when I was like, do I recognize that I am the warm cup of hot chocolate? So I'm going to reflect that back to you. Do you recognize that you are the unicorn? Do you recognize that you are the warm cup of hot chocolate? Can you see that inside of yourself? Instead of waiting for other people to see it or hoping that other people are going to notice, can you see it and embody it yourself? So the second thing that I want to pass off to you is to see yourself at the lens of your soul. Many moons ago, I did a breathwork class with Brie Melanson when she was in Vancouver maybe in like 2018, 2019. And we did this exercise where we met our souls and I saw myself as my soul. And she was so warm and so happy and so deeply loving. And she had this glow. It was orange and it was like yellow. It was like, I had this huge orange and yellow aura all around me. And I really had seen myself at a soul level. And sometimes when I'm, I'm, part of myself, I have to kind of go back and remember that that part of me still exists. So even on my worst day, or even when I'm at my worst, or even when I'm being really tough on myself, I have to remember that I am that. I am that loving version. I am that kind, sweet soul, right? And that part of me is eternal. And really ask yourself, what are you like at a soul level? And when you're hard on yourself, how would you from that soul level respond? right? So if you're sitting there and telling yourself, I'm stupid, I'm behind, this isn't working, everything's failing, I can't do this, I'm not a good entrepreneur, I'm not a good boss, I'm not a good parent, I'm not a good teacher, whatever it is, what would your soul tell you? How would your soul reply to you? Would your soul even be saying those kinds of things? What would your soul embody? What kind of energy, what kind of frequency? Probably not the energy of you suck and you're a tool. It would be like, you're so amazing. You're trying so hard. I can see how good you really are. Don't worry, baby girl. We got this. Your soul would have that kind of loving response to you, right? So sometimes that is really helpful to tap into your soul and respond from that soul level when things feel really hard. The third tip I'm going to pass off to you is a tip I got from my amazing therapist who I've been working with for also several years. I'm a, I'm a loyal person. When I find a practitioner or a coach or a mentor or a therapist or a person I like, I am like, uh, just so you know, we're working together forever. So <laughs> I hope you like me as much as I like you. Anyways, my therapist made me make a wheel and at the top in the 12 o'clock position, it says thoughts. And then to the three o'clock position, there's an arrow and it says actions. And then to the six o'clock position, there's an arrow and it says feelings. 
And at the nine o'clock position, there's an arrow and it says beliefs. And then the arrow goes back up to thoughts. So here's the loop. It's this, it's essentially a, imagine a clock. And at the top of 12 is thoughts. At three is actions. At six is feelings. And at nine is beliefs. So it goes thoughts, actions, feelings, beliefs. If this was high school, I would have made a little song to uh, memorize this. Thoughts, actions, feelings, beliefs. Thoughts, actions, feelings, beliefs. Thoughts, actions, feelings, beliefs. And that, my friends, is how I memorized in high school. Anyways, side note, when you go through anxious thinking or when you find yourself being really hard on yourself, it's good to write down your thoughts, okay? And you write down those above. And then you write down, what actions am I taking because of that? And then what feelings am I feeling because of those bad actions? And then what beliefs am I thinking because of those feelings? So here we go. Thought, I fucked it up. Thought, I am to blame. Thought, I am a bad person. Actions, I got to try harder. I got to try harder for this other thing. I got to plan this extravagant dinner. I got to make amends. I got to make up for it a hundred times. I got to write a hundred letters apologizing. Feelings, I feel hurt. I feel not good enough. I feel guilty. Beliefs, I'm a bad person. I messed it up. So do you see how that cycle works. This is such a healthy reframe. And by the way, those are some literal thoughts that came out of my my journal. I'm I'm literally reading you what I wrote down in my journal because I think this is a really helpful exercise to write down what thoughts you're thinking that are causing you a lot of stress, then what actions you're taking because of those that are probably not the best most high self-worth actions, then what feelings are you feeling because of it, and then what beliefs are you making up about yourself in regards to that? So whenever you catch yourself, you know, in a moment of panic, it's good to just sit down and do this exercise. I've done this exercise one, two, two times in the last uh, 24 hours already, because sometimes I just need to like get it out on paper. And I always like to teach when I'm teaching mindset work, when you get it out on paper, you can kind of get a little bit of distance from it and you can really reevaluate it in a far better way. Because when you kind of take some space from it and you look at it again, you're like, you know what? I'm not really a bad person. That's, that's something I might be thinking, but is that really true? No. And I might be feeling not good enough, but is that really true? No. You know, it, it's so much more helpful to get these little squirrels that run around in our brain down on paper so that we can work through these things and we can have more productive self-talk and feel better about ourselves in the present moment. So the fourth thing I want to pass off to you around self-talk is that when we take a blow and when we get setbacks and when we get hardships and when we get rejections and when we get failures, when we have a lot of those in a row, it can really compound on ourselves. And my therapist was one, the one that really taught me this about how it, she was kind of talking about actually in reference to my last year in 2020 about having so many setbacks that of course, it was going to make sense that I was going to take a hit on my self-confidence. And of course, it would make sense that my self-talk would be a lot harder. So just honor that it's okay. You know, if you have had a lot of setbacks or things have been tough lately, or you're just, just struggling right now, or you're feeling like you're having a hard time coming up for air, when you have those consistent setbacks and you feel like you're just not making progress, maybe you're trying to get a job and you're just not being able to even get to the interview stage, or you keep getting turned down, or you keep trying to sell your first coaching package and nobody wants it, or you keep trying and dating and nobody 
is working out or you keep maybe trying in your marriage and the other person's like, nope, I, I want out, whatever it is for you, when you have a lot of those setbacks consistently, of course, it would make sense that our self-talk would be harder because it's like you only got so much gas in the tank. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's use a more environmentally friendly uh, uh, simile metaphor. What's the one? Oh my gosh. Metaphor. Cause we're not using liquor as, oh my gosh, lol. I forgot. Great. I love in English. So if you have a Tesla and there is an electric battery and the battery is entirely used up and the car is dead, uh, how far can that car go? Not far at all. Right. If we have a little bit of energy in that car, it can go a little bit of a distance, right? So when we're at our worst, when our energy is at zero and when our battery is totally dead, of course, it would make sense that we're feeling really stuck and in a slump and our self-talk's bad, right? We have to rebuild it up and get energy back into the car, right? And we got to recharge that battery and practice, you know, having better self-talk, practice doing things that build our self-worth and build it back up so that we can recharge that battery, right? So that's just another important thing to remember is that when you are going through the fire and when things are tough and you're having a lot of setbacks or rejections, it's normal that your self-talk is going to be worse. And it's going to be a lot worse than when you used to be at your high or when you used to be in a good space or a better place, when things were more bumping and jiving and flowing. As a side note, life always follows the pattern of contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion. And when we have things that make us contract and we have hard times and we're going through the ringer, just remember that there's usually a phase of expansion on the other side. So you're not going to be like this forever. Your self-talk is not always going to be in this place. You are not going to always be in this low, in this valley, in this rut, in this rock bottom. Like you will get out of it. Um... There, there is light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but when you are in it, be graceful with yourself and practice compassion because that's a part of life. And it's always nice to remember that usually when there's a rock bottom, there's some magic on the other side. I always like to remember that. There's a really good line in my book that I want to read to you that I think really embodies this concept. And it says this, everyone wants to talk to me when their life is falling apart or they are on the brink of a breakthrough. Generally speaking, these events happen at the same time, so don't panic if you find yourself in this pickle. It's so true. When your life is falling apart, there's a very good chance that there's a breakthrough waiting for you on the other side, or some sort of up-level or quantum leap that's coming your way, or some sort of magic or something amazing that's going to come through this really tough rock bottom and hard place. So always remember that. My fifth tip for you and reminder is to read stuff that you're proud of or look at work that you've created that you're really proud of and remember how good you truly are. I've talked about this a lot in previous podcast episodes, but when I'm having a rough day, I go and read the reviews of my book. I read the testimonials that clients have sent in in the past about my work and I just have to remind myself that I am good at what I do and I am smart and I'm doing a good job. I have an audio version of my book that I sometimes I just listen to. I go for a walk and I listen to my own audiobook and I literally have to remember right I am good. This is good work. I'm a lot smarter than my inner critic makes it out to be. <laughs> Maybe I'm not that bad after all, right? This is a really important thing is to witness your own greatness and come back to the stuff that you've built or created that you're really proud of. One of the tools I like to recommend, it's in PS Your Genius, it's also in Your Best Life, is to make a list of your accomplishments and look at those on a hard day. Like physically write this out on a piece of paper. 
15 things in your life that you are most proud of, experiences you've had, maybe it's careers you've pursued, bold leaps you've made, stuff that you are uniquely proud of. And when you're having a rough day and when your inner critic is tough on you, look at that list and be like, wow, I did all of that. And remember that because that stuff is super key and super important. So I think this is a good place for us to wrap it up and go through the five things that I talked about today. So if you are being hard on yourself, here are some things that I do, and I'm going to pass these off to you in case they call and speak to you. So tip number one, when you want other people to see your greatness, ask yourself, do you see it in yourself? Can you see it in yourself? Can you witness your own worth? Can you see how good you really are, right? And stop waiting for that external validation. Number two, look at it through the lens of your soul, right? If you are going to have the soul version of you talk to human you, what would that soul version say? Do you think it would really be that hard on you about stuff? It would probably extend a lot of compassion and love your way. Number three, use the wheel with the arrows. Thoughts, actions, feelings, beliefs, right? Those all play to each other. So when you find yourself in a shame spiral or a negative self-talk spiral, or you're just having one of those days when you're just being so hard on yourself, write down the thought. For example, I fucked it up. What action are you taking? Well, I'm trying way harder. What are you feeling? I feel hurt. And what's your belief? I'm a bad person. When we get that out on paper, we can look at it for what it is and we can get some distance from it, right? Because when you change your state and you come back to this 24 hours later, you'll have a better perspective and you think, you know what? That's not true, right? These are just some negative thoughts and it's good to get them out on paper and get the squirrels to stop ruminating in your mind. Number four, remember that blows compound over time. So if you're going through a hard phase of life, it makes sense that your self-talk is worse because you've taken a lot of hits, you've had a lot of rejection and a lot of setbacks. So it's normal. Don't be hard on yourself and don't compare yourself to a time when your self-worth was at the highest, right? So it's good to remember that and keep that in your mind that it's okay if you're feeling down because you've had setbacks. That makes you human. Number five, read the good reviews, right? Read what is positive. Maybe that is rereading some nice letters that friends have sent you over the years, or maybe you have a testimonial page on your website that you read yourself, or maybe you are even calling a friend to get them to tell you how great you are for three minutes. Just say, hey, I just need a little pick-me-up or a little bit of cheerleading. Can you do that for me? And they're going to just tell you how great you really are. So it's always good to get back into that mode when you feel like you are not good enough or you feel like your inner critic is being so hard on yourself. The other thing I'm going to suggest is to make a list of your greatest accomplishments and reread those. That's also going to help reinforce what's positive about you, okay? So those are the five things, and I really hope this episode helped you. I hope it served you. And uh, if you want to get your copy of P.S. You're a Genius, you can do so at kellytrack.com books. Oh, by the way, we've sold over a thousand copies which is exciting. I googled a picture of what a thousand people look like and I visualized them all holding my book and it made me really emotional and choked up in like the most beautiful way. Um, so yeah, thank you to you if you are one of the thousand current readers and soon to be many more. You know, it's, uh, it's just exciting to think about that. So thank you, thank you, thank you from my grateful heart to yours. And just as a recap, I just want to let you know that if nobody else in your life believes in you or nobody else recognizes your dream or nobody else can see how hard you're trying, I just want to let you know that I really recognize that and I honor you for that and I see you showing up. And if you're listening to the end of the episode, I, I want to let you know that I acknowledge you and I see you and I, I see you listening and I can see that in the back end. So I'm proud of you. I'm cheering you on. I'm always in your corner. I am always just 
so in awe of what you're doing and of your resilience. So just remember that Kelly Track believes in you, KT believes in you, and you're doing a really good job. And uh, even on your hard days, you are still deserving of love and joy and peace and good things. All right, folks, I think this is a good place to end. All right, I'll catch you back here soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.